Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. We've been talking about experiencing God for the past 10 weeks. How many of you guys have been blessed by this series? And, uh, and to be honest with you, we're still just scratching the surface of what it means to experience God because it, it evolves, it expands. It's, as you grow in the Lord, the more you grow in experiences with the Lord. But tonight I wanted to um, have a conversation around this, this topic of experiencing God because I'm sure that there's questions that, that come up with all these different weeks that we've done and as you go through the cruise and, and you know, wrestle with things. And so tonight we're going to do our best to maybe... Uh, you know, have conversations around some of the questions you might have. I think there's a number that should be up there. If you text uh, this, uh, your questions to this number, we'll be able to try to get to it. Um, we may not be able to get to all the questions tonight, um, but I'm, I'm probably going to do a follow-up podcast on your questions. I'll do my best to answer all of them. Um, just, just a quick disclaimer. In order to get to most questions, I have to keep my answers brief. So uh, I may not answer it to the fullest the way you want it to. But the goal is that hopefully that gives you some kind of insight and hopefully you, you're, you're hungry enough to do some homework on yourself. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do. And Aaron, you, you, can you come up? Aaron is going to help me. He's going to get the questions. Um, it's all anonymous, so don't, don't worry. Uh, this, we won't know who's texting. Uh, so you can ask whatever you want. But all I ask tonight is that we ask questions around this particular topic so we don't get all over the place. Uh, we've done Ask Anything Night where we, you've asked whatever. But tonight is going to be basically about this series, Experiencing God. So if you have a question that you're curious about and you want us to kind of wrestle with that a little bit tonight, uh, you can text it to this number. Again, I'm going to try to get to as many of those questions as possible. Pray for me because uh, I don't know what you're going to ask. Um, and so we'll, we'll do our best by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, to, to hopefully bring some clarity to tonight. So uh, you, you have some questions? Well, uh, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and, and get your brains going. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to ask you a question, a little personal question, Pastor Marco, about experiencing God. Um, can you share with us a moment uh, where you experienced God in your life that, that shaped you, you know? Um, and, and what did you get out of that for that particular season? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I experienced God today. Wow. You know, just going to serve the city today. And see where people live. And it's not the first time I've done it. But, but each time I believe that the way you experience God, you got to put yourself in situations to experience God. Right? Some people pray, but they don't act. Right? And so there's, there's a million reasons why someone didn't go to serve the city today. And I don't mean to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just saying. That's the reality. We'll say we want something, but we don't activate the faith to see it. And I had reasons not to go. My wife was sick. The kids woke up at 3 and 4 in the morning. Right? I was very tired. I had to be there for eight. So I had to make that decision that I'm going to go because it's important for me to get out of my comfort zone and see how other people live in. Because experiencing God is not just about getting some goosebumps. Experiencing God is about helping people. As you're helping people, God is revealing himself. And I tell you, it was a powerful moment this morning as we're walking through these railroad tracks, me and a couple of brothers, as we're talking, 
I can sense the presence of God. I can sense that we're doing God's will. That's awesome. Each person that we met and talked with, the first guy we met and talked with, he's, he said, man, I'm having a rough week. And and then someone tried to stab me out here and saw the stuff. And and, he, and, he's, and he's sharing his heart. And we pray with him. It's, this is a rough dude out there, you know, one moment cussing all that. The next moment he's in tears. He's crying because we started praying with him and, and bring some perspective to his life. You know, that's the only way we're going to experience God. We have to put ourselves in situations for God to actually say, let me reveal myself to you, right? And so this morning was a powerful time. And also, I just came back from doing a funeral. Funerals to me are one of the most powerful moments in life because funerals put things in perspective, right? And every funeral, I try to tell people, funeral is a pause for you, not for the person who's passed. They passed. Funeral is a pause for you who's still here to say, am I living my life to the fullest? Am I living to the full capacity of who I am as a human being? And so, so tonight I experienced God. And, and, and as I was worshiping, one of the brothers texted me this. He was at the funeral. And he said this. Few people came up to us and was like, yo, where's that priest at? <laughs> they said, that brother kept it real. And it was so good, man. I needed that. I'm reading it the way that I, I envisioned this brother to read it. Talk about Noel. That's, that's how he would read this text. <laughs> oh, look. They were at the funeral. Look at that. First time here? Look at that. First time here. Look at that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. So is it possible that we all just experience God in this moment? Right? But you have to step out. You have to step out. That's the only way you're going to experience God. You've got to step out and take chances. Right? And, and see what God does. You know, we lost, we lost a, a, a great young man, Stevie, man. I, it breaks my heart. I, I love that kid, you know. And, 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 uh, and, and even that has been a struggle this week to wrestle through and say, what else could we do to help people who are struggling with, with substance abuse and whatnot. And so I think experiencing God is never going to be neat. It's never going to be, you know, uh, all well put together. Right. Experiencing God is messy. Why is it messy? Because we're messy. Right? But it's a mess that turns into a message when you allow God to be in it, you know. And so I've had a powerful day of experiencing God. And God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. You know, there's a lot of questions coming in around this topic um, where, you know, we experience God on, on Sundays and it's awesome, you know. Um, and it's almost easier to experience God on us, in, in our service. But then like Monday comes... But, and I feel like I don't know where God is, you know. So, so yes, we can experience God in our mess. Is there an approach that we should take where that's beyond our feelings, you know? But, well, that's why we always say there's a difference between being religious and having a relationship. If you're religious, you dropped it off on Sunday. But if it's a relationship, it continues on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, right? Relationships develop as you work on them. You know the Bible says to work out your salvation? In other words, like go to the gym of your faith. 
and pick up, you like the, the, you got to pick up the handlebars of, of prayer and worship and fasting and accountability. Like, so if, if I'm seeking God all week long, when I come back on Sunday, is this a continuation of what's happened in my life all week? Right? So God is, is not just here. Think about it. We talked about it last week. This is a middle school. Right? So that shows you that God is where you invite him. Right? So each and every day, imagine we all wake up, no matter how groggy you are, and you say, God, I'm thankful to be alive. Let's live this day together. You know, can you imagine you have that mindset all day long where you just know that God is with you. He's not a feeling. He's not an emotion. He's bigger than that. Right? And so that's the way you're going to continue to experience God is to continue to remind yourself that he's with you every step of the way. God doesn't go anywhere. You know, there's a great song that says, make me more aware of your presence. That's what we need to be, more alert, more aware. Right? right? So, so the key is tomorrow morning or Monday morning when I go to work is to, is to activate my faith at work. Right. Because this right here, I, you know, I love sports, so I do a lot of sports analogy. This right here to me is just a locker room. The real game is out there. You know what I mean? This is where I come to get my game plan. This is where I come to, to, to figure out, okay, what's, what's God trying to download in my life? But the real test comes when I get out there and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm rubbing shoulders with people that might annoy me, that might frustrate me. That's when your faith really needs to rise up, right? If your faith doesn't rise up in those moments, then you don't have faith, right? All you have is a nice, cute, religious thing that you do on, on the weekend, Right? So God goes with you as you invite him to come with you and, and, you, and you become more aware of him working in your life. You know? Now, practically, how do we get past the clutter in our mind? You know? um, so to create that space, I know it's, how many of you guys have gone and been like, all right, God, I invite you in. <laughs> exactly. What, to clear the clutter in the mind. Right. I mean, how do you clear clutter? You got to make room. Right? right, if you go in your kitchen, your kitchen's messy, which is like story of our life with five kids. Right, parents, how many times do you clean your house a day when you have kids? It's like a never-ending. It's like it's like you clean it. It's like whoa, a tornado just literally went through the house. Right, and so and so it's a daily grind, right, of cleaning. And so and so for me is I have to position myself to be able to hear from God. And of course, you know, our minds is the is the headquarters of our lives. Right? And so I need to make space to clear my mind. Right? And the only way I'm going to do that is to, is to literally sit down and actually make space in my mind, in my heart. And now it could be five minutes. It could be ten minutes. Because it's not about how long. Right? It's, about the, it's about the quality of time you're spending. Right? Like you ever spend time with someone for five minutes? It was like, man, the best time ever because you connected. Right? And so, and so to me is have coffee with Jesus. Like literally sit down and say, Jesus, we're going to have coffee together. And we're going to get ready for our day together. Right? Get up a little bit extra early. Five minutes. Hello, somebody. Five, five, five minutes. You know, and just say, and I was just talking to my kids about this yesterday. Because they were like, Dad, sometimes I'm trying to read my Bible at night. I'm falling asleep. I'm like, yeah, because you're tired. And that's, all, that's okay. You're falling asleep with Jesus. Don't, get, don't feel guilty. But if you really want to get the most out of it, try to do it in the morning. Because you're getting ready to start your day. Right? And, you, and I don't know about you. I need Jesus for my day, not for my night. <laughs> I need him for both. But, you know, the way my days are set up, I need Jesus during the day. Right? So as people are like, I pray when I go to bed. It's like, what are you praying for? To go to bed? I need to pray to have a day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I've said this many times. The, 
my sanctuary is my car. Right? Because I, I spend 20, 30 minutes in my car every day. So why not take full advantage of those moments? And say, man, I'm going to play a worship song right now. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Oh, I'm going to shut off everything. I'm just going to pray. Right? So the times are there. You're just going to make time for it. Right? Because people make time for what's important to them. Right? If it's important to you, then you're going to start carving out those times. Right? To be able to pray, to be able to read your Bible or to listen to a podcast. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Right? So I need to download things that are going to uplift my faith. That's why we love worship music. Because it transcends you to another place. Right? And so it's about being intentional every day and saying, Lord, I'm going to make room to grow with you. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> now, I have, a, I have a question here. Um, They're all questions. I'm <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, how, how do we share our faith um, or apply these things? Like at work, we're at lunch. How do we do these things without being weird, you know? How do we, like, that's a real struggle. Like, you think you should tell this person about Jesus. Is it the right time? How do I know it's the right time? Is God telling me or am I doing this out of religion? Like, I want to say God changed my life. But when I do, I say, come to church. And right. then it's like, all right. It's about, it's about relationships, right? People are more prone to listen to you if they have a connection with you. Right? And so, so if I know I'm going to be in a place every day for eight hours a day, with some people around me, why don't I cultivate some relationships, right? Because what do we do most of the time? We go in there with a bad attitude, right? And we already cut ourselves off from people, right? Because your attitude is the thermostat of your life. You get what I'm saying? So people can sense that. And so some people don't want to talk to you because they know, oh, hello. Is it a good morning? Uh, (laughs) So it starts with your attitude. It's like I believe this with all my heart. Whatever you are right now, it's not by coincidence or mistake. Mm. I believe God places us. Now, it may not be where you're going to be forever, right. but where you are right now is the season that God has you in. So why not take full advantage of where you are? I just talked to this about young people at the school this week. It's like a lot of times you guys are daydreaming where you want to be, but not realizing that if you're not working on it where you are right now, you're never going to get to that place. So if you're working, for example, at Burger King right now, and you're like, oh, I'm working at Burger King, guess what? You're, there's not going to be a catalyst for something else. Because, because the Bible says if you're faithful in a little, God might want to trust you with more. Right? So when it's putting people around you, you should be praying for those people. Right? Because when you're praying for those people, you're inviting God into that place. Right? So before getting religious and saying stuff, it's like just invite the presence of God to be in your place, wherever you work. Right? And once you begin to do that, watch how coincidences begin to happen. Matter of fact, you won't even have to do anything. People will come to you. Right? The same people that sometimes will make fun of you because you're a Christian church. When they're struggling, they know who to go to. Have you ever had that moment when someone was making fun of you the next morning? They're like, can you, can, you pray, can you pray for me? And the punk in you is like, nah. You're on your own. You know? Wait, y'all don't do that? There's a punk in my head. You know, but I believe you create that atmosphere by your prayers, by your attitude, That's right? Good. And then, and then, honestly, when a, when a moment arrives for you to share, just be honest. Don't exaggerate. Don't overdo it. Don't Christianize everything. Right. Like that burns me up when it's like you don't talk like that. Yes. Talk like you talk. Yes. Right? Don't be going Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, glory to God. It's like who talks like that? Talk like you would talk to a person. Hey, listen. 
I was going through this. I started coming to church. Here's what God's been doing in my life. You know, I'm still growing. I don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? Like, like invite people in. And only share as much as they want you to share. Don't overshare. Don't force it. Right? Like, I'll share with people. Like, we have people next to our office. We talk to them all the time. And, uh, but I go as far as they want me to go. Right? If I see they start to get, like, it's like, okay, let's talk about something else. Because it's not up to me to convince you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Right? So we don't have to force anything, which we're going to get into the series, Go for the One. That's what it's about. You know, it's like God puts a desire in you now to help somebody. Um, but it's just about just being yourself the best you can be yourself. You know, and you're anointed already. You're, you're blessed already. The Spirit of God is in you. Jesus said, you don't have to worry about the say. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. But that's why it's critical to spend time with him. Because when you spend time with him, you're downloading his will. So when people come up to you, you're like, oh, I was just reading that in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes the stuff you're reading, you're like, I don't know why I'm reading it. But then situation comes up, you're like, oh, that's why I was reading that. But if I'm not depositing anything, I have nothing to withdraw. Right? When was the last time you went to Bank of America? You're like, boop, 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 give me a thousand dollars. But you didn't deposit. (laughs) You're like, come on. And then you pretend. You ever see those people that keep like, you ever been behind those people? You're like, you will have no money. You went to go pay for McDonald's? Like, you ever uh, seen that? People are like, they're, fr- they're like, why are you frustrated with the machine? You didn't deposit. And they pretend like something is wrong with the machine. They got like 10 receipts on them. <laughs> no, you got to deposit so you can have something to withdraw. Amen. 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 Uh, this, is, this is for the parents. Uh, they're, they're asking, um, how do you uh, make way for your, your kid to experience God without seeming pushy or, or overbearing? You lead, you lead by example. We made a decision that we're not going to be those parents that, you know, because we're pastors doesn't mean every day we're going to have Bible study at home and every day we're going to pray in tongues and every day we're going to, you know. No, we said... We're, we're going to let our lives be an example to them. And we let them kind of also have a say in it, you know. So we, we do family devotions maybe like every other week or so. But every night, you know what the kids are doing? They read their Bibles and they come to me and say, Dad, what do you think about this? We think about that. Because all we did was foster this for them and said, hey, here's a Bible. You know, you should pray. You should read. We, we, you see us pray and read, right. And we talk about the, these things openly with them. You know, um, like the Bible Project on YouTube, it's a great tool. You know, we sit and watch them and we say, what do you guys think? Right? We, we'll, we'll stop and just say, hey, what do you think? And, you know, they're 11, no, 9, 6, 4, I think. <laughs> See, now, now I'm in trouble. So. Every time I go to CVS to pick up medicine and they ask me the kids, Birthday, it's like, oh. Uh, then I, I'll call my wife and then she'll do the walk of shame. You don't know your kid. Like really loud so everybody can hear. So you foster that for them, you know. Right now, the kids, they're smarter than you give them credit for. They know if it's real to you. They know what you care about. Right? They're, they're way more sensitive than we give them credit for. And it's a crazy responsibility. To have these little guys rocking around you and paying attention to everything that you're doing, you know. And so it's just about fostering that for them. 
And then created those spaces. Like I said, maybe every other week we're like, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's, talk, let's watch this Bible project video. Let's, and then, and then on, on something that my wife started doing and I love and I jumped in because she's more spiritual than I am. Um, on the way to school, she started saying, all right, kids, we're going to pray to school. You're going to pray for your, for, your, for, your, for your teachers. We're going to pray for your classmates. And so what's cool is that they'll just go around, you know. And, and <laughs> it's so funny because some of them is like this the same, they're saying the same things over and over again. Like our son Chase, his thing is, God, I pray that my class is not loud today. <laughs> Every day he prays that. You know, I don't know, must be sensitive to noise. <laughs> You know, and Caden, I pray I get a hundred today. You know, <laughs> but that's okay. They're cultivating prayer. You know what I mean? Um, and so we have a, a short drive to to school. And it's like, hey, we're going around. Each one pray. You know, and at the end they're like, okay, Dad, your turn. And I'm like, okay, God, my turn. That's awesome. Uh, how how can we discern between uh, religion and God? You know, yeah. in the day-to-day. Well, I think it's important that, if, again, if you have a relationship with someone, you know when you're being stagnant, right? You know when you're being repetitive. Like, you know when you haven't really had a conversation, right? You can live with someone every day and not have a real conversation. You're just kind of like saying hi and bye and coexisting, right? We all know that. So it's about being honest with ourselves, and say, am I really cultivating an honest-to-goodness relationship with God here where my prayer life is actually meaningful, where I feel like I'm actually growing and I'm talking with him about everything, where I'm actually going to the Bible, not because I have to, because I want to, right? It's a, to me, the, the major difference is do I have to do something or do I want to, right? So, so if I want to do something, if I love my wife, I want to spend time with her. I want to take her out on a date. You know, I want to buy her, you know, nice things or whatever. You know, so it's like if that's true and if God is real, then shouldn't I want to cultivate that as well? You know, and so you can always tell when you're being religious because you know you're just going through the motions. You come to church, you're singing, but your heart's not in it. Come on, let's, come on. <laughs> Stop it. On. Don't, don't act. You know, fall, fall, fall. I'm hungry. <laughs> you know? So, so it's got to be real. It's got to be from your, from your soul, right? And you, sometimes you got to check yourself and say, God, break me out of this routine. Break me out of the status quo. You know, every few months, I'll change the Bible translation just so I don't get into a routine. I'll change the translation just so I can get a fresh feel on it, a fresh look from it. You know? I don't listen to the same preachers. Because it's like that gets redundant. You know, so it's like, hey, let me get a f- fresh voice in my life. I need a fresh worship song. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like you're right. cultivating a relationship. Right? right? You got to do something different. You know, married people, you got to spice up your romance a little bit. Oh, no amens. <laughs> We're in trouble. You know, like go to a different restaurant. Buy a different lingerie. Like, you got to spy. Oh, we, oh, okay, okay. I don't know. We're not that religious church. I'm trying to do real life here. Fellas, I'm trying to help. Y'all are leaving me hanging. You know you want to say it, but you're like, 
I said it for you. You know, you got to spice up your relationship. That's the way it goes. Buy a book. <laughs> When's the last time you read something about Jesus, about Come the church? Come on. Right? We have a resource center. We don't have it just for having it. <laughs> It's to say, hey, go deeper. That's Buy good. a book. Stop that's watching good. Netflix. That's good. Read a book that's going to help your faith. That's good. That's good. You know, while we're on the topic of marriage, um, how can uh, married couples approach experiencing God together outside of church? Again, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it needs to be this religious thing. Like, if you don't pray together, something's wrong. We don't do that. You know, we, we might pray together every month or so. But it doesn't mean we're not talking about these things. You know what I mean? But it's like the more you try to do it, the more you, you put it, bring it in that religious thing. You know, and so we have to be careful with that. Which, by the way, the best marriages are customized. It doesn't look like somebody else's marriage. You know, we spend too much time comparing marriages as opposed to just embracing your marriage. You know, like, embrace your marriage and figure out what works for you guys. You know, if that's important to you to pray with your spouse, then bring it up. Talk about it. I remember the first time we prayed together, I felt like I was bent still on Meet the Parents. <laughs> you ever watch that prayer? I had no clue what I was saying. Because we'd never done it before. We had to break that ice. I was like, day by day, by day, to be closer to D. <laughs> But it was a work in progress. You know, again, buy a book and say, hey, let's read this together. We did that with The Purpose Driven Life. I bought her a copy. I had one. I said... We don't see each other all day, but if you get a chance to read it during lunch break, maybe at night we can talk about it, you know. So little things like that. But don't make it like, he doesn't pray with me. It's like, he won't. He won't. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I wrote this down. Uh, you said in the series that uh, we don't want to fall in love with an experience. We want to fall in love with God. But, you know, and you've said that even with marriage, like, You don't fall in love with the wedding. You fall in love with the marriage, the person afterwards, you know. Um, so I want to ask this. I want to get it right. How do we avoid falling for an emotionally charged experience instead of God? Is there a practical approach we can take after experience of God? Because once you have the experience with God, you know God's real. But once those emotions go away, how can we avoid uh, the, that, that pit of like, ah, I don't have goosebumps and I want to experience God. Yeah. How do I get out of that? Well, exactly that. You don't, you don't go to God for a goosebump. Or you don't say, oh, last week I cried, this week I didn't. Maybe God's trying to reveal something different to you. That's good. Right? So you have to get out of the mindset that God just looks this way. That's good. Right? Because we, we, we like to put things in a box. You know, we like to put categories. You know, goosebump must be God. No goosebump, where's God? No. That's the, that's the dangerous thing. It's like because we had an experience, you know, C.S. Lewis says something really powerful that, that God never does the same thing the same way twice. Right? So I have to be open and willing to let him kind of dictate how the thing is going sh to show. And I believe this. Once you walk with God for a while, there's less and less goosebumps because he wants you to rely on him by faith. Right? It gives you that honeymoon season. Again, going back to relationships. There's always that honeymoon season, Right? He puts the gas in. He cleans the snow. You know, two years later, you're like, get your own gas. 
Right? Isn't that what happens? Right? You're like, my man doesn't do that. Well, God bless. But, but it's, it's, not, it's not a... See, the, the problem is we have to remember this is a progressive thing. It's not, oh, it was like this. It's like, yeah, but we move on from that. God's moved on from that experience. He's trying to reveal new things to you. One of the things that I feel like people struggle with this church, they never seen it like this before. So what happens? You have two choices. Say, maybe God's doing something new or I need to go back to where I came from or church is not for me. Because people are afraid of what they don't know. Like today as I was speaking at the funeral home, a couple of people got up and left. Why? Because they're... It, the truth makes you uncomfortable. And if you've never heard it this way, then it makes you feel like something's got to be wrong. You know? So we have to be open enough to new experiences and say, God, I'm coming to you for you. Now, it's up to you how you want to. There's a great illustration of this in the Bible. Elijah, right, a prophet of God, said, I'm going to go to the mountain of God. I'm going to hear from God. And, 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 and there's this crazy earthquake that came in, but the Bible's like God wasn't in it. And then, and then another crazy violent Wind came, God was in it. But then the Bible says God was in a gentle whisper that he never experienced before. So you never know how God's going to speak to you. you got to be open enough to let him speak to you. So when you go to God, don't dictate how it's going to go down. Right? Let the Holy Spirit lead. Now, obviously, as you grow in the Holy Spirit, the more you'll be able to pick up and discern, like, okay, this is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He's leading me somewhere. Just like when you spend so much time with someone... You begin to pick up things without they even saying it. Right? Everyone in the room with your spouse, you're like, you know exactly that look. No one else knows, but you do. You're like, I'm in trouble. But you're like talking to people like. And then when everybody leaves, she goes, when you said that. She's not like that. I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble. Come on, another question. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm digging myself here. <laughs> um, how do we... Uh, <laughs> now, life is, life is real, and it's, it's easy for us to get buried, you know, where we want it, but everything we do seems to not, like, break through, you know? Um, how do we position ourselves, or what, where, where should we position ourselves, or, you know, how can we... Get out of that uh, not knowing and confusion and, and life piling up and grabbing hold of what Jesus has promised. Like that weird place where we don't know. I, I believe this. I believe we get what we establish to get. So in other words, if I have a certain routine about my week, I shouldn't be surprised what the outcome of my week is. You know what I'm saying? So if I want to have a certain type of week, I need to establish some things to have a certain type of week. Or type of marriage or type of parenting or so on and so forth. I think it's the problem is we get stuck in a routine. It's like that, that thing where right, people say like it's doing the same things over and over again except in, expecting different results. That's insanity. Right? So that's what happens to a lot of people. Right? They'll say, I want change. But you look at their routine. It's like it's the same. You haven't broken the mold. Like we just saying about breakthrough. In order to get breakthrough, something's got to break. <laughs> like your routine has to break. Right? Your attitude has to break. Your pride has to break. Your selfishness has to break. You know, your, your people 
people pleasing has to break, whatever. You know, we all have different things that needs to break. So I have to break my routine if I want to experience something different. It's amazing to me that Jesus goes up to people and say, do you want to get well? Isn't that weird? Like people who are sick, he's like, do you want to get well? Because he's saying like, are you willing to get out of that routine? Because once I heal you, you don't have that routine anymore. Right? So that's the key is, what's my routine look like? And, and what should I expect? Think about this, right? Every week, we all work hard to get a paycheck. Right? But you don't go to the end of your week and expect a paycheck that you didn't work for. Right? If you know you work 40 hours and you know you get paid 12 hours an hour, you know what you're going to get. Right? So it's not like a surprise. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Right? But the gift of God is eternal life. He's saying your paycheck is what you're putting into every, every week. You know? So if I want to see something new, I have to break the routine. Right? Like, I believe this with all my heart. Our greatest obstacle, it's not bad things. It's good things. They get in the, in the way of great things. Right? So if all week long I just feed myself entertainment, well, no wonder my life is shallow. No wonder I can't, help, I can't handle adversity. Because all I'm depositing is entertainment. I can't withdraw perseverance. I can't withdraw courage if I'm not depositing courage and perseverance. Right? So it's, I have to look at my routine and say, what am I, what I need to do different to break this mold that I find myself in? Does that make sense? How do you discern between your own voice and God's voice? Well... Honestly, you, you'd be surprised. God's voice will, will sound a lot like yours after a while because God speaks to your conscience, right? And, and your conscience needs to be aligned with the Holy Spirit. That's how you're going to know it's God's voice. Now, again, because you're spending time with him, the, the easy is going to be for you to discern that. But think about it. Jesus said this, my sheep will know my voice. Right? The sheep-shepherd relationship is powerful because they say, and I've studied this, right? Five shepherds could be hanging out right here, right? They know their sheep. And if a sheep stray, oh, they, they'll call out and the sheep will know, oh, that's my shepherd. They don't respond if it's not the shepherd. Come on. Why? Because they spend time together. Right. One of the things that the, sheep, the shepherd will do is they'll grab a sheep and put it around his neck so the sheep can pick up his scent. Right? So you got to spend time with God to pick up his scent. So, you know, this is God leading. Right? And how do I do that? It's by praying. If I'm in the word every day, I already know what he said. If I already know what he said, I know what he didn't say. Hello, somebody. Right? Like people come up to me all the time. God told me. It's like, yeah, great. Let me go test this. Right? And God will always confirm his word. You come to church, you're like, he's talking to me. I don't know your life. Some people have got mad and said, who told them? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know your life. I'm so thankful I'm off social media because I don't know what you guys are doing. Right? I'm trying to hear from God so I can hopefully give you something that's going to help your life and it's going to encourage you. And then, of course, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, Right? If I have other people who are seeking God and we're, and we're talking together and we're, and we're walking together, then, then that person or more than one is going to help me discern the voice of God in my life. You know, for me, as my pastor, I, I talk to him all the time, right? I'll have something that I'm thinking about. I'm like, I wonder what he would say about this. So I'll, I'll send him a text. Hey, pastor, I was doing this. What do you think about this? Why? Because he has experience. He has more experience than I do. That's 
Right? When your marriage is struggling, what do you go to? Hopefully the people who have healthy marriages. Because they may have something to, to offer. Right? So it's about positioning myself once again to hear the voice. And it's going to sound like my voice because it's through my conscience that he speaks. But my conscience needs to be renewed with his word so I know that's God. If I experienced God but never prayed the prayer, am I still saved? Honestly, the, the, the whole prayer thing at the end that we do, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's weird. Here's why. Because here's why. We're trying to create a place for someone to say, I need Jesus. But it doesn't mean that's how everybody's going to come to Jesus. We just try to foster a place. Right? And not everybody that said this prayer with me said it from the heart. Maybe it was just an emotional thing. Maybe it was just a moment thing. Right? So all of us are going to experience Jesus in different ways. When I experienced Jesus, I didn't say the prayer. It's just like the Holy Spirit was clear. Like, whoa, I'm living in vain. That's how I felt. I don't know how your experience was. But some people, they need that prayer. Because that's their catalyst. But not everybody's going to have the same exact experience. And while we're on the subject, one of the frustrations of church that people have in churches, they want you to have the same experience they had. That's good. Yeah. Right? Again, people say, oh, that church, that church. It's like, why? Because we don't have the same experience you did. Come on. So if we don't look like you, then we miss God. When God is so unique that he created 7 billion unique people. <laughs> like no one looks like you. No one has your fingerprints. So why should they have the same experience as you? Right? I believe God is so powerful and so big that he knows how to get to every single one of us. As we're speaking tonight, I believe God knows how to download whatever you need for your life. Amen. Amen. How are we doing in time? Because, you know, we can talk. All the time. <laughs> Honestly, we got, we got time for probably like two more questions. Two more questions? Okay, you guys can stack them up then. Because, so, you know, I'm trying to be disciplined with the time. There it is. Um, how do we know... Um, is it superstitious to continue to ask God for signs all the time? Yes, because he said, I called you to live by faith. Right? Faith is what moves God's heart. Jesus was always amazed when people had faith. Because faith says, I believe in you, even if I don't see it. Right? Now, when it comes to prayer, some things you have to persevere in. The Bible says it, like there's the prayer of perseverance, like you have to keep pushing for this thing. But to keep asking God for a sign is a, it's a lack of belief. That's unbelief. Right? And so I, ha I have to pray and I have to trust that God's hearing my prayer. Now, some things I want to keep praying about until I see it come to pass. But I have to trust that as I'm praying, I'm trusting God. Right? Because every time I ask for a sign, Jesus said, some, one time they came to me and like, give us a sign. He's like, I'm not giving you any more signs. You've got to walk by faith. Right? The Bible says that God... Is faithful to reward those who seek him by faith. You got to believe that he exists and that he will take care of you. And it's only by faith that that's going to make sense. <laughs> There's no more questions coming. I think no, that's a good place you said to end. Two more questions. You said it. <laughs> I was hoping. That was by faith. Oh. <laughs> Clearly, you're lacking in faith. <laughs> Well, I, I, I just hope that's helpful. Um, it's a journey. We, we don't, we're never going to have all the answers. 
But the key is to activate the things you already know. Because God's not going to give you more if you don't do anything with what's already shown you. See, Christianity is not about, you know, how articulate you are with your faith and, 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 and how many times you came to church. It's, am I activating these things in my life? When I go home, when I'm in a bind or, or when someone is driving me nuts or my marriage is in trouble, that's when my faith needs to kick up to another notch and see the will of God in my life. You know, and we want to be a, a church that's really led by the Holy Spirit where we, we don't not going to know every week how it's going to look like. You may not believe me, but I had zero plans to get up here and go crazy like I did tonight. I was tired. Just came back from a funeral. But you know what I felt? Say, like you got to shake off all that negativity in the city that tries to get a hold of you. Because you do a funeral, you feel the spirits. You feel all that stuff. That's why you need to have a serious prayer life to not let life get the best of you. Would you stay with me as we pray tonight? I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.